How do you love the Lord? He's got so much oil on that mic, it may slide out of my hand. I don't know. Amen. If it hits anybody, we're not responsible. Amen. 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 It's an honor to be back. Amen. At Freedom Point. We love, we love coming here. Y'all have a great church and a great pastor and first lady. Can somebody say amen? Y'all need to give them a hand. Amen. They are, they are phenomenal. We love them. We've become close friends with them. We just love, love being, uh, love being here. The reason I'm, I'm here is twofold, kind of. Um, uh, I, uh, a few weeks ago, um, a man called me from London, London, Kentucky. I had preached up in Russell Springs, and he and uh, his quartet had sung up there, so we we met up there in uh, in uh, Russell Springs. And he he knew that I I I go and. I go into cities and hold soul winning rallies and just hold uh, what I call I can rallies and and just encourage that uh, that community. We go in and rent a civic center or whatever and do those do those type things. Well, he called me and he he was very burdened and he said he said you know I just had another friend commit suicide and it seems to be a lot of suicide going on in this this area because he said he had three uh, different acquaintances that had commit suicide in the last last couple of months, and he asked, would I come hold a rally? Well, immediately my wheels begin to turn, and I begin to seek God on it, and we uh, we think we've secured the Civic Center in London for Good Friday and the Thursday before, uh, and naturally, you got to meet with people and get that uh, out. I've got Reggie Dabbs. I don't know if y'all, uh, some of y'all know Reggie Dabbs if you've ever been to Winterfest. He's a great motivational speaker for schools. I went ahead and secured him, uh, and so we've got him coming, and me and, me and him partnering. I'll be trying to meet tomorrow with school principals and school superintendents here in the Corbin-London area to try to go into Reggie is the number one motivational speaker for schools in the United States of, uh, of America. You'll love him if you've never never seen him. We're going to go into schools, have a big youth rally on that Thursday, and then soul winning rally on that, uh, on, that, on that Friday. Tomorrow night we'll be meeting with ministers and leaders of, uh, of this area at the Partway Church, uh, Partway Church of God. Uh, here in here in your town uh, to kind of get uh, kind of get see what kind of support and all that we've got. So that's uh, I called your pastor Sean, uh, pastor, uh, and and I just asked him uh, what he thought about it, and he said, well, you need to come down here, come preach for me that Sunday. So I'm preaching, uh, I'm getting to preach for y'all. So that just uh, that was just a curl on top of the dairy dairy queen ice cream right there. Amen. That was just a a good thing. So pray for us. We have a, a product table out there. Uh, there's two things I just want to mention. One, uh, my wife makes T-shirts. And one of the T-shirts she made last time I was here, uh, Derek got up and read uh, read Scripture, and he said something that rung a bell with me. He talked about the sin in your life. What do you do with it? Admit it, quit it, forget it. And, boy, I couldn't let go of that. And I went home and told my wife, make me a T-shirt. with admit it, quit it, forget it. And so she made a bunch of them. We have sold them all over this country. And, no, I'm not giving you all anything. Amen for giving me the idea. Amen. Amen. If that don't seem fair, well, life's not fair. Amen, amen. But if you'd like to buy one, they're out there, and 100% of the money that goes out there will go toward the rally that we're having. We also have out there our, our latest newsletter. This is just, uh, she finished printing them. Debbie, my wife, puts all this stuff together, and, uh, and she just start, made them last night. Now, this is a very different kind of newsletter because I put uh, in it, we prayed an anointed prayer clause and put in each, uh, each one of them. A lot of people say, what is that's just strange. No. Paul anointed cloths and handkerchiefs and sent uh, from his uh, from his ministry, and people uh, were blessed. I sent one lady one of these. She put it in a pillowcase of her husband. She said it changed him overnight. Amen, amen, amen. I don't know if that kind of guarantee goes with every one of them, but amen. 
we do have a prayer call. But there's also an envelope in there that, that between now and April, you may want to say, hey, I want to support uh, that rally and send, uh, and send some kind of offering or send a prayer. main thing is pray uh, that God will move in a, in a great way. We need an outpouring of the Spirit of God. Can somebody help me? Amen. You might say, well, we got a bunch of churches here. What I have found is there'll be, there'll be a group of people that'll go to that rally that would never set foot in a church till after they go to that rally. Amen. So, so I, I believe use all means and all tools to reach the, the harvest for Jesus Christ. Let's get into the Word, uh, the Word of God. How many believe that we, in the United States of America, that we have been living in a famine? Can somebody help me? Amen. Uh, who would have ever thought that we would have to wear a mask to church? Amen. Uh, I went in the bank the other day. They said, make sure you put on your mask. I said, I should have brought my gun. We could have cleaned up in here uh, uh, today. Amen. Amen. But who would have thought you'd have had to wash your hands? Who would have thought we'd have had to put pews apart? Who would have thought that we would be banned from having church? Because COVID, COVID, you'll get COVID at church. If it's around, you'll get it at church, especially on Sunday night. So we have to cut out our Sunday night service. And, and we had to cut out. You can't. You can't cut it out at Walmart. I mean, you got to have Walmart. People don't get COVID in, in Walmart. People that go to Walmart don't have COVID. You can't get it in Lowe's. You can't even get it at a ball game. But, boy, you can drive by a church, and you're going to get it. Amen. You're going to get it. I guarantee your city officials knows exactly how many people's got it in every church, but they cannot tell you how many people got it at Lowe's. Can somebody help me? Amen. Amen. And who would have thought we would have been living in a time, and whether you're politics, not, I'm not up here to have a political rally, but, but who would have ever thought we would have a president, and he's our president, he's my president, I'm, the, I'm, I'm devoted to that word of God, and I'm supposed to pray for him if I voted for him or not, amen, and the best thing in the world could happen, him get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, amen, amen, but, but who would have ever thought that he would appoint a health secretary, an assistant health secretary that is transgender. That means he don't know if he's a rooster or a hen. Can somebody help me? Amen, amen. And so so, so who would have ever thought that would be some of our leadership? Who would have ever thought with the sign of, a, of one paper that transgenders can now be in a foxhole with, 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 with men and women in our, in our military? Who would have ever thought? That by one side of the pen, that men now can participate. I finally can make a ball team. I, if I join the girls' softball team, I might can, I might can make it. Who would have ever thought that boys and girls? It's declared, decreed that boys and girls will use the same bathroom in schools. I wish they'd have had that when I was in middle school. Can somebody? Probably shouldn't have went there and said that. <laughs> amen. Amen. But who would have ever thought these things would, would, would happen? Who would have ever thought we'd close down businesses like we are and people would have been, we have been living in a famine. Are you with me? And I studied famines, and I said, God, I'm an evangelist, and, 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 and I believe in the five-fold, part, five-fold ministry gift of God, apostles, evangelists, pastors, pre, uh, pastors and, and teachers, and prophets. I believe that he's given those to the church. So, God, it's up to us. I'm an evangelist. I get to go and, and preach to a lot of different places, a lot of different churches. And, and Lord, what, 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 what do I, what's the message that I need to declare uh, to the body of Christ in the corners that I get to go to? And, and I begin to study on the famines that 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 was recorded in the Word of God. There's 13 famines recorded uh, in the Word of God, and all 13 of them have one thing in common. And I I notice this: some of them are more severe than others. I can show you one famine where the people were were eating donkey heads and dove dung just to make it just to make it through. I mean, some of them were more severe than others. But I found one thing in common with every famine: they all ended. Amen. Amen. 
And I just believe that this famine that we've been in is about to end. And I don't believe it's going to end, amen, just because we all went back to work. I think it's going to end because God is on the throne and people are going to recognize him as being the Savior of this world. I don't know about you, but I am glad to be living in this time when God's about to turn some things around. So I begin to look, okay, God, let me see, how do we return from the famine? How do we get out of the famine? There'll be some people that stay in that famine even when it's over. There'll be some people that'll stay in that hurt, in that pain, in that difficulty, in that bitterness, in that in that trouble, in that in that trial, even after it's over. Scott, I don't want to hang out. I don't want to hang out in this famine. It's time for a move of God, and I want to move out of the place that we have been been living in. So if you'll look with me in the book of Ruth, in the book of Ruth, chapter chapter one. Now, I preached in, in May of 2016. I preached in this church, and I preached out of the book of Ruth. And I preached a message that God gave me uh, 10 years ago. We lost, our, we lost our son. Me and Debbie lost our son, Travis. He was tragically killed in an automobile accident. And, 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 and boy, I was in a famine. I was in a bad, uh, bad spot. And, and finally, when I got my legs back under me and we came back, uh, we came back to the preaching, we came back to the pulpit I was pastoring at the time, uh, God gave me a message called handfuls on purpose, and I, I preach that out of the book of Ruth, and I preach that here. I'm not re-preaching that message today, but God's given me another twist, another look at Ruth chapter chapter 1. If you're wondering where the book of Ruth is, that's on page 255 in my Bible, amen. If you'll just, it's in the Old Testament, and if you can't find it, amen, just look at the screen. So we're going to look and see how do we turn, how do we return from the famine. And again, before I, I go any further, I need to ask this question to solidify I'm in the right direction. How many of you are ready for a change? Just wave wave your hand at me. You ready for things to be, to be I, I almost said back like it used to be, but if we went back before COVID, uh, they were teaching us that the church was the fastest declining institution in the United States of America. Uh, before COVID, before COVID, the average Christian only came 2.7 times a, a month to church. Before COVID, less than 20% of the people were tither. Before COVID, 80% of our nation was unchurched. Are you with me? I don't want to return back before COVID. I want to see what God's got ahead. Amen. I say the greatest revival is still yet to come. And I want to be right smack dab in the middle of it. Amen. So how do I return from this from this from this uh, famine? How do I how do I get out of the barren the barren place? Well, let's look at the book of Ruth, chapter one. We're going to be preaching now that whole chapter. There's 22 verses. That don't mean I'm going to preach long. It don't mean I'm going to preach short. God done told me we'll be out of here by 12:30, but He did not say a.m. or p.m. So I'm not sure what He meant by that. Amen. Amen. But let's look. I'm going to read the whole 22 verses before we get through, but we're going to preach them one verse at a time. God's really been dealing with me about my preaching, about preaching in whole. That his, he said, the Bible said he sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from all of their instructions. The Bible said his word, heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will stand forever. 
ever. Yeah, the Bible talks about his word bringing deliverance and, and power. And so many times we preachers, we, we want to hear the latest thing. We want to grab the latest comment, the commentary, and we preach on that. And the Lord's just been leading me to use the scripture as your notes and just preach the word of God. I believe while Peter spoke the word, amen, the Holy Ghost fell on them and they, they were delivered. So I'm going to preach the word today. Now, it came to pass in Ruth chapter 1, uh, verse 1. Now, it came to pass in those days, in the days when the judges ruled. Now, let me stop and say this right here. It was in a day that the judges ruled. Now, that's important because you'll look and see there was a famine in the land. When the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. We have been too dependency, too dependent on our politicians to see what's going to happen next. Now, again, I don't know what your politics are. Uh, I, 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 I voted for Donald Trump. I voted for Donald Trump for two main reasons. I don't believe they ought to kill babies. Amen. And I don't believe men ought to marry men. Can somebody help me? Amen. I don't believe women ought to marry women. Now, if you think I'm old-fashioned, well, I'm right and you're wrong. Amen. Amen. Being a, I, they say, well, that's natural. No, it ain't. I've been a farmer all my life. I ain't never seen two boy dogs do anything like that. Are you still with me? I ain't never had no problem with two bulls. Can somebody help me just a minute? Or Well, anyway, let's go on. Let's go on. Uh, amen. But but what I'm trying to say is, is very simple. When the judges ruled, there was a famine. I voted for Donald Trump. But I'm scared that the church, the church, especially some of our leaders, some of the, some of the church were too dependent on Donald Trump. Oh, if Donald Trump don't get elected, this is going to happen. If if we can only get Donald Trump back elected, this will happen. And I voted for Donald Trump, and I wish he was my president right now. But hear me, it ain't Donald Trump that's going to bring revival in this land. Uh, when the judges ruled, there was famine. I say, God, they let a judge rule. They didn't let the priests and the prophets in the word of God rule. I say, God, let us lean back. Let us not lean to our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge you and trust you, and you will direct our path. If we get out of the mess we're in, it ain't going to be because we elected ourselves out. It ain't because we rallied ourselves out. It's because God visited his people one more time. Amen. He said, and there was a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah. Now, Bethlehem, Judah, it's a place, but here's what those names mean. House of bread and praise. You could really say Bethlehem, Judah was a type and shadow of the church because the church is the place of bread and praise. Can somebody help me? Amen. And it goes on and said, a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn. Sojourn means just to stay for a little while. We're just going to stay till they get a new pastor. We're just going to stay till uh, we're just not going to go to church till COVID comes come get, goes away. We're not going to we're not going to go back to church until they they change that ugly carpet. We're just going to stay out a little while till they get a new music minister. Are you still with me? Amen. Y'all don't need one here. Let me go ahead and say that. But but Bethlehem Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab. Moab is of the world. He and his wife and his two sons. Look at verse two. I won't preach that long on each verse. Somebody said, if he's going to preach 22 verses, we'll be here till the day after tomorrow. Amen. And Ahimelech, Naomi's husband, Naomi's husband. Back up. I skipped verse 2. Boy, he's really wanting me to get through. Amen. Now, the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malon and Chilion. They were Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah, and they came into the country of Moab, but they continued there. Now, look at this verse for just a moment. I like to look at these names and see and see what they mean. Elimelech means my God is king. So my God is king. 
took his wife Naomi. Her name means sweetness. Oh, my God, his king was married to Sister Sweetness, and they and they had two sons named Malon and Chilion. Malon and Chilion means sick and sickly. Oh, good Lord, have mercy. When I read that, it kind of messed up my preaching. God, this is going to, I can't preach that. I'm trying to be positive here, and God just showed me. No, they were sick and sickly. I didn't tell you just because God's your king and you got a sweet spirit and you're in Bethlehem, Judah, that you won't have problems. Are you with me? Now, I would to God I could get up here like some of those TBN guys. I don't preach against TBN because some of them are my friends. But but hear me. I don't, but I wish I could get on there like TBN and say, if you'll buy this CD, if you'll send a $100 seed offering for this CD, oh, your wife will lose weight, your husband will grow hair, your dog will come home. If you'll give $150, you will get a new car, and there's somebody out there needs to sow a $1,000 seed, and you'll ride home in an airplane tonight. Everything will be all right. But this is what I found now. You can send your CD in. Now, if you believe that'll happen, you can give me $100 for one of my CD. We'll try to spare it. Amen, amen. But but, but hear me. I have found out that people that give, that people that support, that people that worship, that people that tithe, that people that come into the house of God every time the doors are open, they still have problems. It rains on the just and it rains on the unjust. He did not say the cross would not get heavy. Matter of fact, he said in this world you shall have tribulation but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world I'm not here trying to tell you nothing bad will happen if you'll come back to Bethlehem Judah I'm just here trying to tell you that hey if it does happen you can make it because there's one that's greater than your tribute mm. Wow, they were Ephrathites. Ephrathite means fruitful. So here they were, a fruitful people. My God is king, married to sweetness, and they got Malon and Chilion, and they were in house of bread and praise. But they went out in the world, and they went to just stay for a bit. Sojourn means just a moment. But they continued there. Now look what happened in verse 3. Ahimelech, Naomi's husband, died. If you stay out in the world too long, if you stay away from Bethlehem Judah too long, God, you'll lose your God as king. Oh, that was better preaching than when I got shouting. But amen, let's go on. And she was left with her two sons. She still, she still got them problems. But now she ain't got my God as king to help her through them. Verse 4, verse 4. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah. The name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelled there about 10 years. Oh, my goodness. Now they done married women out there. We wanted them to find a girlfriend in the church and get married. But we didn't bring them to church enough, so they found one at the bar. No, I, I, I'm preaching so good, I'm impressing myself this morning. <laughs> verse 5, verse 5. And Malon and Chilion died. Oh, my goodness, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Oh, brother, my God is king, was a fruitful family, married to Sister Sweetness. They had sick and sickly when they were going to church in Bethlehem, Judah. But then they pulled out of church. They lost my God as king. Now sickly and sickly is dead and deader. You've got problems when you're in church, but when you get out in the world, they'll be worse. Can somebody help me? Amen. Oh, you'll have a problem here, but you got the answer. You get a problem out there, there ain't no answer to it. They'll, they'll say, oh, I need another pill. I need another bottle. I need another wife. I need another husband, and my, my problem will be over. But when you're in the house of God, when you're in Bethlehem, Judah, yes, you're going to go through some junk, but you know 
But you know what the answer is or who the answer is. Amen. And let's look on verse 6. Verse 6. Then they arose with her daughter-in-laws that she might return. Now, here's where the message begins. All that other was preliminary. But here's where the message begins. She began to return from the famine. She began to return from Moab. For she heard, oh, God, if I ever preach a point, let me preach this one. While she was out there, she heard she heard while she was in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them bread. She heard about a revival going on back in Bethlehem, Judah. Now, here's my point. we got to proclaim it. If you're a child of God, don't quit saying it. Don't quit proclaiming it. Am I making sense here? Because there's somebody out there needs to hear that your God is king. Amen, amen. I, we started a practice, my wife and I. We got talking about witnessing, and I said, you know, I've been preaching and teaching people to witness, and we're not witnessing outside the church like we ought to. So we made a little practice that when we go to a restaurant, we'll ask when we get ready to pray for our food, we'll ask the waitress, is there anything we could pray for you about while we pray over our food? We was in Atlanta, Georgia, on the way back from a, from a camp meeting, and, and, and we were on the way back through, and we stopped at Outback. Love them blooming onions. Can somebody help me? Amen. Amen. And so here we are sitting at Outback. A little, little waitress come up there, and I said, we're about to pray over this bread. We're about to pray over this this food, and could we just, you got anything you want us to pray over you about? She said, she looked at me, she started crying. She said, oh, by the way, there he is. She said, I don't want to be a waitress. I don't make enough money doing this. And she said, but I have two children, and, and I just, I need another job. I said, well, what's your dream job? We'll pray for your dream job. She told me, and, and we prayed, and, and we just prayed, and I gave her my card and went on. I went home three or four days later. I was at home. I was on my tractor, and I got a Kubota tractor with a, I bought me one with a cab on it with an air conditioner and a radio on so I can ride by Debbie's window when she's in the house, my wife Debbie, and drive by and be playing loud. She thinks my tractor's sexy. Okay, all right. <laughs> I was on my tractor. When my phone rang, when my phone rings when you're an evangelist, answer it because it might be some preacher calling. Amen. So, so I stopped the tractor and I answered it up and, 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 and I answered the phone and said, hello. And she said, is this Brother Mox? I said, yes, it is. And she busted out crying. I'm thinking, uh-oh, what's going on here, you know? And she said, she said, I was the waitress at Outback in Atlanta. I just wanted to call and tell you, you prayed for me that day, and today I not only got a new job, but I got the dream job we planned about. Hey, ho, 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 ho. But listen, she went on and said, I understand today that your God, he is real, and he answers prayer. What am I trying to say? She was in Moab, but she heard about a God that's in Bethlehem, Judah. Amen. Verse, verse 7, verse 7. Therefore she went forth out of that place where she was, her and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went the way to return. Get this now. Bethlehem, Judah is where they left, but notice how the, how the writer reversed it in the book of Ruth. They return unto the land of Judah. Judah means praise. Before you can get to the bread, you got to go through the praise. Amen. Because he inhabits the praises of his people. Here she is in Moab. Here she is in famine. But she turned and started going toward praise. Y'all help me just for one second while I just stand on this soapbox. 
one of the things we need to get back alive in our churches across this land is our praise to the King of kings and the Lord. He said, enter into my gates with thanksgiving. Come into my courts with praise. God help us. If we don't have a God that's worthy of our praise, then we ain't got the right God. I say, Lord, help us to understand. When we clap our hands, it ain't just a routine. When we lift our hands, it ain't just because the pastor said. When we sing our song, it ain't just because we like the, the tune. When we praise you, we are entering into a place where the bread can come. We're leaving famine. We're heading back to Bethlehem, Judah. But there's no way to get there unless we go through praise. Oh, God, help us to praise you. Amen. Verse 8 goes on and says this. Naomi said unto her daughter-in-laws, You go return to your mama's house. Let the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. Verse, verse 9, verse 9. The Lord grant you that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of your husband, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. Wow. Verse 10, verse 10. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto your people. Now this is important because while Naomi was in Moab, while she was in the famine, there was something about her that when she turned to go back to Bethlehem, Judah, she had impacted the lives of these two Moabite women. They had never been to Bethlehem. They had never been to Bethlehem, Judah. But here Naomi, she knew about it, and she lived her life in such a way through the famine that they wanted to come with her back to the place where she was from. You understand why we go through some of the stuff we go through? When, I, when we lost our son, Debbie and I, my daughter, when we lost our son, horrible thing, a drunk man wanting to commit suicide, hid behind a, a construction barrel, and, 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 and he was just picking at random a vehicle to jump out in front of because he wanted to commit suicide, and it just happened to be my son's truck, or my son saw him swerve, tripped his truck, and my son was instantly killed, and, 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 and I don't understand why that happened, but here we are, here we are at the viewing, and, 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 and let, me, let me fast forward this story, a year later, I'm at my office, I'm in my office, I'm at my desk, and the secretary buzzes me and says, there's a, there's a lady, she told me your name on the phone, wants to talk to you, and I said, well, I don't know, I don't recognize that name, who is she? And she said, she just said she needed to talk to you, and I said, okay, and so I answered the phone, and this lady is on the other end, and she said, is this Pastor Moxie? I said, yes, it is. She said, thank you. She started crying. She said, I must have that way with women. Every time they talk on the phone, they cry, amen, amen, but, but, but she started crying. She says, thank you. I said, thank, thank me for what? She said, you're the reason. You're the reason I was born. I said, okay, now wait. This is good to be going wrong. <laughs> I want to say, now who's your mama? Because she done lied to you. Amen, amen. But I said, what do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? You're the reason I, I'm the reason. You're the reason I'm saved. Let me clear that up. I said, okay. I said, I don't know. You didn't recognize your name. I said, did you hear me preach revival? Did you uh, undoubtedly, did you, did you come to church here? She said, no, I've never been inside your church. I said, well, maybe I'll preach a revival or camp meeting or something. And she said, I've never heard you preach. Huh. This, this conversation's really not going well, you know. Amen. And so I said, well, okay, well, how am I responsible for your, your salvation? And this is what she said. She said, I was a friend of Travis, your son's, your son, Travis. I was, I was one of his friends from college. And said, I went to the viewing. There was 4,500 people show up for Travis's viewing. Our church wasn't set but 1,400, so there was people everywhere. And me and Debbie and my daughter stood at the head of the casket of Travis's for I don't know how many hours and shook everybody's hand. 
She said, I waited to shake your hand and walk past your house. And I don't know how y'all do it in Kentucky, but in Georgia we have a video of showing pictures of, uh, of, of Travis and songs playing behind it. And, and she said, I was up in the balcony of your church and I kept my eyes focused on you. She said, I'd never seen a man that was more broken than you. And I could see it on his face. He was broken. But every time they got to a certain song on that video, you would stop shaking hands and lift up your hand and you praise your God. She said, I watched that for an hour. And I hit my knees in your balcony, and I said, I want to know the God that that man knows. If he can hurt like that and still praise, there's got to be something real about his God. And I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I've been living for him for a year. Amen, amen. Now, now, now I don't want nobody to have to go through nothing like that to get nobody saved. But what I am saying is very simple. When we're in famine, let's make sure we live our life in such a way that other people will see and know there's something different about him. There's something different about her. She's hurting just like I am, but yet she still lifts her hands up and gives praise to the king of all glory. Amen. And she said, they said, we're going to, go to your, we're going to go with thee to your people. Verse 11, verse 11. And Naomi said, turn again, my daughter, and, and why will you go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb that you may be your husbands? Now understand, back then it was law. If you was married, if you, if you and him was brothers, and you were married to her, and you died before you had any children, the law required her to marry him. So whenever you picked out a husband, you better make sure he got a good-looking brother. Amen, 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 amen. So, so you had to marry their brother. So Naomi is saying, I ain't got no more sons in my, in my womb that may be your husband. Verse 12, verse 12. Turn again, my daughters, and go your, go your way, for I'm too old to have a... Notice what she's saying. I'm just too old to be fruitful. I'm too old to, be, to have a husband if I say I have hope. How many of you know you ain't never too old for God to use you? Wow. Abraham, a lot of people think it's amazing that Abraham had a son when he was 100. Are you with me? But they forget 40 years later he had five more sons. He married a woman named Keturah and had five more sons at 140. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Amen. I'm 59. I'm going to go home Tuesday night. When I walk in, if my wife met me at the door and said, Honey, I got something to tell you. We're going to have a baby. I'd get back in my truck and come back to Kentucky. Amen. 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 But she said, I'm too old. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight and bear him sons. Look at this next verse, verse 13. Would you wait for them until they've grown? Would you stay with, for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieved me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Listen to Naomi. She's in this famine, and she's saying, I'm old. I'm wore out. There's no fruit left in me. She comes. She's a family of the Ephrathites. She's become, she comes from a family of fruitful people from the house of Bethlehem, Judah. Now she's saying, I'm too old, and God don't love me anymore. He's turned his hand against me. Verse 14 goes on, and they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. Now, i got to preach this point right here. There's a difference. Look at that scripture. Orpah kissed her and left, but Ruth clave to her. There's a difference between kissers and clingers. You can't build a church with kissers. Everybody, have, everybody has a problem. Jesus had one disciple that kissed him, Judas. Can somebody help me? Amen. 
Oh, so you can't build a church with kissers. I know I pastored for 25 years, and we built some great churches, and 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 I'd have people come to church, and mm, we love you preaching. Mm, you're the greatest. Mm, ooh, ain't nobody. One guy come to me and said, mm, you ought to be the Pentecostal Pope. Amen, amen. I mean, it's just love you to death, but the first time you preach something that's a little contrary to what they want to live, oh, they gone. Can somebody help me? Amen. But what I've learned, you can't build with kissers. Now, that's in church, but that's in your life too. You'll have people that'll butter up to you when everything's going good. You'll have people to butter up with you. I really see this in the drug world. As long as you got money and dope, boy, they're going to hang with you. But now when you're in the gutter and ain't got no place to sleep, they done kiss you goodbye. Amen, amen. But hear me and hear me close. Hear me close. You can't deal with kissers. You got to have clingers in your life. Some of those that'll hold on come hell or high water. Those that'll hold on when it's good. Those that'll hold on when it's bad. Those that'll hold on when you're up. Those that'll hold on when you're down. Oh, God, help us to, to be, not have clingers, but God, help me to be a clinger. Amen, amen. Verse 15, verse 15. And she said, Behold, your sister-in-law's gone. She's gone back. And to her people and to her gods, return there after your sister-in-law. Just go on back. You'll be happier here. Go on. And she said in verse 16, And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee. Oh, this is good. Or to return from following after thee. For where you go, I'm going to go. Where you live, lodge, I'm going to lodge. Your people is going to be my people, and your God is going to be my. Boy, she made an impact on Ruth. Your God is going to be my God. Look at verse 17. Where you die, I'm going to die, and there will and, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. Wow, what a relationship that Ruth. Now, you got to ask yourself a question. I know what happened to Ruth. Ruth went on and went back to the Bethlehem Judah and, and, and the, the, the welfare system back then was a whole different than the welfare system today. Today, welfare, today, today, you get married, you sleep with five men, you got six baby daddies, they'll give you a car, a telephone, and a house to live in and send you a check every month. That's, a, that's the welfare system of today. But back in those days, if you didn't work, you didn't eat. eliminates lazy people. Lazy people didn't live but what, 25, 30 days? <laughs> I can see them right now. I can, their eyes sunk back, their bones showing. Why don't you get a job? I'm waiting on my stimulus check. <laughs> okay, I probably shouldn't have said that either. Amen. To not be political, I show am political. Amen. <laughs> but 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 you couldn't. That's the way it was. Well, in in the Old Testament days, I, the, the farmers would leave the corners of the fields, and then the the poor people would come in after they reaped the fields, and they would pick up what was left, and that's what they had to eat. Little did everything know that Ruth was just going to happen to fall in the field of Boaz, and Boaz was going to see her, and Boaz was going to say, "Whew, she's good looking." And Boaz was going to tell his men, drop some handfuls on purpose for her. Don't just make her go to the corners. Let her just get some extra. Are you with me? And, and, and 
Luke was going to come home and tell Naomi, Sister Sweetney said, I done been, look what all I got. And she's going to say, you stay in that field, don't you go to another. Matter of fact, here, drip, drip this new dress on, find out where he's sleeping and go sleep by his feet all night long. When he wakes up, let him see you. Amen, amen. And, and, so, and so he ended up marrying Ruth, and they had a baby named Obed who had a son named Jesse who had a son named David, and we know that Jesus Christ is the son of David. Can somebody help me? Amen. And what a journey that became. But whatever happened to Orpha? That old kisser. She just kept on kissing. She went back to Moab and became a prostitute. She made a living kissing. Can somebody help me? Amen. She got. She had five sons. Probably shouldn't have said that. Didn't say that in the first service. Y'all must be more liberal than that first service. Amen. Y'all got a more liberal anointing here. Amen. Amen. I'm kidding. But anyhow, 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 as a product of her, of her living, she had five sons. Five sons. Jewish history teaches us this. Five sons. One of them's name was Goliath and his four brothers. Now we know, we know what happened to Goliath. The seed of Ruth killed the seed of Orpah. And remember when he got five smooth stones? I hope you all know your Bible. When David went down to the brook and got five smooth stones because he was going to kill Goliath, why did he get five? Because Goliath had four brothers. And he wanted to make. He wasn't thinking he was going to miss. He just said, "We're going to make this a family affair if they show up too." Amen. <laughs> and so, so any rate, any rate, her 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 heritage is gone. Ruth is no part of today. I mean, not Ruth. Orpha is no part of today. Her history is wiped out because she was just a kisser. But that clinger. I'm up here preaching about her today. Isn't she wonderful? Wow. I'm so glad she hung on. Can somebody help me? Amen. Why, where, where are you? Let's go on. Verse 18. Verse 18. When she saw that she was steadfast in mind to go with her, she, then she left speaking unto her. Verse 19. Verse 19. So they two went until they came to Bethlehem. They went through praise, but now they're at the house of bread. And it came to pass when they were coming to Bethlehem that all the city, Everybody in the city was moved about them, and they said, Is this Naomi? Is this Sister Sweetness? You mind helping me preach a minute? Do you? No, you don't mind. Come here. The pastor will give you a big offering probably. I'm kidding. Is this Naomi? Is this Sister Sweetness? And Naomi looked at them, and this is what she said in the next verse, verse 20. Look what she said. And she said to them, Call me not Naomi. Call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Mara means bitterness. Naomi means sweetness. Now here's, here's where the rubber meets the road. I said this in the early service, and I said it because I mean it. I go to a lot of churches. I go to a lot of churches. My wife, I get invited back to a lot of them. My wife, I, I come home bragging the other day. I said, that's been pretty good. They invited me back to that church. She said, no, nah, they're just giving you another chance. <laughs> okay. But I get to go to a lot of churches. I get to go to a lot of churches. And not every church has what y'all got here. Vision and, 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 and motivation, momentum. This church will grow. Pastor told me y'all back up to about 80% before COVID. I can take you to churches that's 30% before COVID. Are you still with me? Amen. Statistics say across the board, if you close down one time, you'll be 30% down 
If you're down two times, you'll be 50% down. If you close three times, you're probably not going to start your church back. Wow. Now Tom Rainard is saying that the finances are about to start following the attendance because back last year, people wasn't coming to church, but they were still mailing in their tithes. But now people are tired of mailing in their tithes to churches that are closed down. And so now the finances are going to follow, and we're going to be losing buildings if we're not careful. Are you still with me? But this church, not only are y'all, oh, y'all will help you, Pastor. In the middle of a pandemic, he's got a million-dollar building project. That's, that's, that's just really sense right there. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's almost as crazy as getting out the boat and walking on water to Jesus. Amen. That just don't make sense right there. So you're going to grow. You're going to grow. I, 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 y'all remind me, and I don't mean this ugly, and don't be mad at me for saying this, but y'all remind me of the church that we, we pastored last in, in, uh, in Jessup. We were there 18 years, grew from 40 people to 1,087 members and $8.5 million worth of, of property. The mayor called me one day and said, Brother Moxley, we've got a problem. Can you help me with it? I said, what is it? He said, we're, the city's broke and our city cemetery's full. We got no place to bury anybody. Would you build the cemetery and, and let it be the city's and y'all own it? I said, sure will. You can't even die in Wayne County without giving Union Church of God $750. <laughs> you didn't need a fundraiser. We just needed a plague. Can somebody help me? <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. That was another thing. Amen. <laughs> that was really, that's not me. This lady here is saying, I want my daughter back. Amen. 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 But watch, but watch this. Your church is going to grow. And it ain't going to grow. It ain't going to grow. You'll always have people that's not satisfied floating in and out most of the time. Sometimes God leads people from other churches. But a lot of times people come because they got a problem and, and they bring the problem with them and they don't stay long. They become kissers. Are you with me? Amen. But most of the people you'll grow by. When we left our storefront, when we left our storefront with about 150 people, it's amazing. We met there. We met there and, 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 uh, at the storefront and drove over to the new property and just made a parade out of it. Uh, it was kind of funny because people thought it was a funeral procession. They were pulling over everywhere. And there we all were shouting and laughing and smiling and throwing out candy. Can somebody help me? Amen. But at any rate, when we moved to the new building, we instantly, we was averaging about 150 folks. But from day one, we never went under 250 again. And we climbed all the way to over 1,000. What am I trying to say? You're going, we, we grew by people that were hurting. We grew by people that were in Moab. We grew by people that were in famine, and they came to our church. And this is what will happen. Now, stay with me. You don't mind staying with me. Amen. Now, watch this. Whenever somebody walks in your door, like, 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 like Sister Sweetness, she come back home. Walk over to that door. Walk over to that door there, Sister Sweetness. When she, when she comes there, when she walked in the door, and all the people were moved that she came, and they looked at her and said, this is Sister Sweetness. And, and she said, no, 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 my name's Mara. I'm bitter. The Lord ain't been kind to me. There's going to be people walking your doors of your church that think, that think I'm just a dope head. I'm just a, I'm just a, I'm just a, I'm just no good. I'm just sorry. I'm just a, and they already have self-labeled themselves. Somebody told us a story last time I was here, but I heard this story. And if I've already heard it, some of y'all ain't heard it because y'all wasn't here last time I was here. <laughs> Amen. But I heard this story about this man and woman. They were married, married for a while, and, and, and he was off. And, and, and she said, honey, why are you off? She says, I got some things that need to be done. Said the washing machine's tore up. Will you fix it? He looked at her and said, Do I have Maytag repair man written across my head? That's not my lady. Whoa. And so she went on and said, Well, the screen door is falling off the hinges. Will you will you will you fix the screen door on the back porch? She said, 
He said, do I have an extremely hardware man written across my forehead? That ain't my label. He got mad and left. He come back, she's sitting on the front porch in the office chair whistling just as happy as she could be. Why are you so happy? Well, I got the washing machine fixed and the screen done. How did you do that? This good-looking man come by. I said, you need anything done in your house, ma'am? He said, yeah, I do. My screen doors fell off and my washing machine don't work. I said, I, well, I'll fix it for you. What will you charge me? She said, well, you can either bake me a cake or give me a big old slobbery kiss. He said, which one did you do? She said, do I have Betty Crocker written across my forehead? <laughs> okay, amen. Oh, no, stay with me, stay with me. She said, I'm sitting down. I'm sitting. <laughs> Watch this now. Help me people come in with self-label. And it's hard because the Bible said the way a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's hard to convince a person that they can if they think they can't. Are you with me? But here's the key. Come here, Naomi. Come here. She said, I'm not sister, sister sweetness. Amen. I am Mara. Don't call me sweetness. Call me Mara. I've read the book of Ruth several times. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible. I've read the whole Bible through several times. And, and, and I've looked purposely, tried to find where anybody called her Mara. And nobody ever called her Mara. The people in Bethlehem, Judah, they just kept calling her Naomi. They just kept calling her sweetness. There's going to be people walking your door. I'm a dope head. I'm a homosexual. I'm this. I'm that. You just call them child children of God. Call those things that are not as if they are. They already know the label the world's give them. But let the church give them a label of hope. Let the church give them a label. You can sit down now. Thank you. Y'all give her a hand. She's good. Amen. Said unto them, call me not Naomi, call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Verse 21, I went out full, and the Lord has brought me again empty. Ain't that just like people? The Lord done done this to me. Why did the Lord give me, give me cancer in my lungs? He had people right on his sugar that thought this would be your cancer if you had cancer. Sometimes I think God wants to say, duh, here's your sign. <laughs> Why did the Lord give me cirrhosis and a liver? It's written on that bottle of Smirnoff. Not Smirnoff. Smirnoff. It makes you smirk off. Oh, look. See, he's trying to label me. He said, how you know about that? <laughs> Just call me Naomi. <laughs> but watch this now. Why, why, why? Put on that bottle. This may cause liver damage. Why did my wife leave me? You shouldn't have been calling one 900 hot lady. Don't look at that stuff on the internet. Are you still with me? You shouldn't have been texting that person unless you texted. God said, don't be doing that. So we blame God for stuff. Ain't nobody's fault but ours. And look what she said. I'm this way. I feel bad about myself because God has been picking on me. The Lord has brought me home again empty. Why are you calling me sweetness? Seeing the Lord has testified against me. And the Almighty has afflicted me. Whoa. Verse 22, look. So Naomi returned. And Ruth, the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem, the house of bread. This is so important. In the beginning 
Amen? Guarded hearts. Now, here's where I need to talk to a lot of you that's stuck through life, that's done what her song said earlier. It's amazing how God put this subject together. Because y'all didn't know what I was going to preach. She gets up there and preaches. Do you see this stuff coming past you? It's up your head. And she gets up there and sings, through it all. <laughs> through it all. My goodness gracious. Wow. God must have had something to do with it today. Amen. But, but, but watch this. Those, those people that stuck, they wouldn't have been no barley harvest if somebody hadn't have stayed and kept sowing during the famine. There wouldn't have been no harvest. So for, for you, those of you that were faithful through it all, I want to applaud you today and thank you for you kept sowing and kept praising and now the barley harvest is growing so that Naomi can come home and find that God is still God. Now, I'm going to fast forward all the way through the end of in the book of Ruth. It's only four chapters. Read it when you get home. But the last chapter, the last few verses, this is what it says. Boaz and Ruth, they got married. How many of you know you're supposed to get married before you have babies? I taught my boys. I got a, little, I got a few cows, and, and I raised up a bull and a heifer. That's a girl cow. I raised up a bull and a heifer. And when they got old enough to have calves, me and my oldest grandson, we went out and married them. He said, he said, Papa, why are you marrying these cows? I said, we don't want them to have babies without being married, son. We're trying to teach them. So our herd grew. We got ten mama cows now and a bull. I bought another cow the other day, and I got three grandsons, and we all three went out to marry. My bull named, my, my bull named, now then was Woodrow. And so we went out to marry Woodrow to the new cow. And so I'm out there. I got the mule. I throw some corn out there where they'd come up and stand side by side. And, and I said, okay, Woodrow. I married Woodrow to this new cow. I let them name the new cow, so we married him. And Braden, he's 11 now. He's my oldest grandson. He said, Papa, he said, you, I know that you told us you ought to be married before you have babies, but you also told us that a man's supposed to have one wife. And you not married Woodrow to 10 cows. I said, yeah, he's a Mormon bull, son. They have more than one wife. Amen, amen. Okay, I will get that later. But anyway. <laughs> anyway, let's go on. <laughs> Boaz married Ruth. And the Bible said they had a son named Obed, which was the lineage of Jesus Christ. Wow. Read all them begats. You'll see it. And, them, and, and this is what was amazing to me. They gave, they handed Obed the baby to Naomi. And you read it. It's the last verse of the, of the book of Ruth. And the Bible says Ruth took the baby and began to nurse it. Wait a minute. She said way back a few chapters ago, a few verses ago, I'm too old to have birth and be fruitful, to give birth and to be fruitful. But now just four chapters later, she is lactating and nursing the future, the future of us. Are you with me? Amen. Why? Because she went back. She returned from the famine and went back through praise to Bethlehem, Judah, and she became fruitful. Fruit, 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 the Ephrathite. She became fruitful for all the generations that would come to God from this day forward. I'm through preaching, but hear me. When I started out with this message, I shared with y'all that we're living in a family. I mean, when you got, I had a school superintendent call me 
and ask me to come and do assemblies at school. Now, used to I have to beg them to let me come. But I've had school superintendents call me. Are you with me? You know it's getting tough to handle stuff like that happening. We're seeing people, oh, my goodness, I've preached people's funerals. I had that COVID. I'm not up here saying COVID ain't real. I had it. COVID's bad. COVID's bad. I had it for 16 days. I laid in the bed for 16 days at 103 degree temperature. I thought I was going to die. Matter of fact, I done told my wife what to do with the cows and all this kind of stuff because I'm going to die. I shared with the early service. I laid in there one night. I said, God, tonight's going to be the night I'm going to die. My wife, we built a sabbatical house. Thanks to some of you guys. Amen for the offerings and all you gave when the revivals were preached. We, were, we built a sabbatical house on our farm for preachers to come to that, that need, that lose a son or lose a daughter or, or just lose someone. They can come and get their legs back on there. Matter of fact, in our newsletter, we got a testimony of, a, of, of the Thompson family. Their son was murdered. They came and stayed in the sabbatical house for eight days and, until God just got, got them back together. Wow, wow. My wife took my three grandboys. They were staying with us because school was closed, and, and they, they went over to the sabbatical house and stayed, and I stayed in our house. And, and so here we are. I'm in this house alone. And I said, but God did not send that. I'm, I'm going to die. I ain't scared of dying. Scared of dying. I'd like to hang around, but I got a son in heaven I'd like to see. I got three grandsons here, so I'm a winner either way. But I ain't scared of dying. Boy, no, I ain't I ain't raring to go, but if <laughs> you ain't gonna heal me from this stuff, and I'm ready. Amen. And so I'm laying there and I'm thinking tonight's gonna be tonight. And I'm laying there in the bed, looking up toward the heaven. I said, Now, God, is there anything between me and you? Because I don't want to get up there. And you say, Who are you? Huh? That can't happen to me now, God. And so is there anything? And immediately the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I said, there's people you haven't forgiven. Made three people in my heart. You've been holding grudges. <gasps> and if you can't forgive them, how can I forgive you? <gasps> I got up, just about crawled to the front porch because I wasn't able to leave my house. I was so sick. I got on the front porch and I called these people and I made it all back. I went back and laid down in the bed. I said, okay, God. And I'd be doggone if he didn't heal me that night. I get up the next morning, I called them three people and said, listen, I thought I was dying. I didn't mean a word I said. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. I thought about it. That temptation was there. The temptation was there. But, but hear me, hear me. COVID's real. COVID's real. I done preached friends' funerals and died of COVID. I ain't denying anything that we're going through. But I am saying this. God's still on the throne. God's still got the power to heal, and he's still got the power to save. So I'm not going to let go of him. I'm not just going to kiss him and say goodbye because things ain't going like I think it ought to go. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Every one of us in this room will admit, I believe you will, I probably preached too long, but, but you, I think you'll admit that we are in a family. We have been in a family. But there's something inside of me, and I think it's inside of a lot of you in this place today, that things are about to change. One of the greatest things we have as a, as a church, as a Christian, is a, is a hope of something better's coming. Something better's coming. Something's coming. We don't grieve as those people that have no hope. We grieve, and death, death is so real. I, I, I wrote a, uh, I, I taught a series on Beyond the Grave when my son died, and I described what death, what happens at death. And, and Pathway Press from, from Cleveland has called me and asked me to write that in a book form, to give it to pastors as resource because of all the death that we're experiencing through this, through this COVID thing. It's real. We're in a famine. But somebody's got to turn and let's head back, back to Bethlehem and meet him. So, so this morning, 
and, and listen, it's easy for me to get up here and talk about the obvious, the famine that of COVID, the famine of small businesses, the famine of, of morals. We've got a famine of morals in our, in our, oh my goodness, if you'd have, oh my goodness, we've got a famine of morals. But, but, but how do we get out of that? Somebody's got to turn up their heel and head toward the house of God. It's easy for me to preach about the obvious. What about that I can't see? What about that famine you're going through because your your son, your son is in jail? What about that famine you're going through when your when your when your daughter comes in and, and she's 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 had some mistakes? What about that famine that people are going through that their husband they couldn't take the pressure and their husband just just left or their wife just gave up or they've lost their house or lost their lost their truck? Now if it was a Chevrolet, you'd probably not feel that bad about it, but if it was a Ford. Right. What about those people that, that's going through stuff that nobody else can see, that it's inside you? I believe, and, and hear me, those people in this building that's going through a spiritual famine, that there's, it, it seems like the, the heavens are glass. You're praying, but it don't seem like it's doing any good. And you're wondering if God really listens. When we lost our son, I questioned everything I knew about God. Everything I knew about God. I was in a famine. And there's somebody here today that's spiritually in a famine. Is God really real? Is God really who he says he is? Well, you're in the right place today. Because the title of my message is called Turning Up Heels. And so I'm going to ask you, am I at home? Am I at home? Am I at home? Let's do it. I've been studying this famine stuff. I'm ready to get out of it. I'm ready to get out of it. If it worked for Naomi, it's going to work for us if God wants to use us. Would you stand with me all over this house? I'm going to do something a little different this morning than I did the early service, but while the worship was going on, and the worship was so good, y'all have got a, such a great worship team. Y'all ought to thank God for your worship here at this church, really, really. I go to a lot of churches, and y'all, they don't have that kind of worship everywhere. Amen. I, I, I've been to some churches that, I don't drink and have never drank. Thank you, sir. Amen. <laughs> I don't drink, but I've been to some worship services, and I sure wanted to drink. Did somebody help me? Amen. I, I don't drink, but when I left, I got me a bottle of NyQuil. Amen. That's Church of God liquor, if you're wondering what NyQuil is. Amen. <laughs> it does the same thing, but when you drink it, you don't lose your license. Amen. <laughs> when that worship and praise was going on, the Lord just spoke to me while I was sitting right there. And 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 this is if this sounds foolish with you, then then, then please just bear with me because the Bible said he takes the foolish things and confounds the wise. I'm gonna ask you to do something. And if it seems weird, just do it anyway. You're in a Pentecostal church. People, your friends already think you're weird, okay? Amen. So hear me. Hear me. I'm gonna ask you to do something in just a moment. After I pray, I'm gonna ask you everyone in this building to turn and face that way and, and, and I'm just going to I'm just going to ask you I'll probably just count to three so we'll all be on the same page and I'm going to ask you to do like Naomi done she turned to Judah I'm going to ask you to, as you face them that way you're in the famine but when I ask you to turn toward Judah I want you to give him the most awesome praise that you've ever given the King of Glory 
I'm not going to ask you to do. I'm not going to ask you to lift your hands. I'm not going to ask you to clap your hands. I'm not going to ask you to dance. I'm not going to ask you to sing. I'm just going to ask you to give him your best praise, whatever that is. Whatever that is. When you turn from famine to Judah, and then I'm going to ask you right there, as you give God your praise, start heading toward, start heading toward Bethlehem. Start heading toward Bethlehem. There'll be some of you probably that need to physically step out and come to the altar. That's the place of bread. That's Bethlehem. So when we turn, if you need to come down here, come down here and just stand. Haven't done all you know to do, just stand. I'm heading back to Bethlehem. And the only way I can get there is to go through, go through Judah. God's going to change somebody's mind today about what you think about you. The Bible says, the two greatest commandments is I got to love God with all my heart, body, soul, and mind, but I got to love my neighbor like I love me. If I think I'm a low-down, sorry, skull-dugging dog, I can't think you're no better. Are you with me? So I've got to love me before I can love you because the Bible said love them as you love yourself. Am I making sense here? So that God's going to change somebody's mind. He's going to let you know that you are somebody. He's going to let you know that you're so important that he sent his only begotten son to hang on a cross to make you everything he destined you to be. Wow. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Would you just right now, would you just turn, if you don't mind, amen, would you just turn and face that way? Just turn and face that way. Father, God, I thank you for this opportunity. I have felt your presence from the first note they hit on the piano. God, I praise you for your presence in this building. And God, I thank you. I thank you that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I thank you. I thank you that when we go through the waters, when we go through the rivers, when we go through the fire, we shall not be burned, for thou art with us. We got to go through some things, God, but you'll never leave us, nor will you forsake us. David said, if I make my bed in hell, you're there. If I ascend up to the heights in heaven, even there I find you. So, Father, we're about to turn. And when we turn, we turn into Judah. And, God, I pray that we head on to Bethlehem. In the lovely name of Jesus, I pray. Are you ready? Here we go. I'm going to count to three. When I say three, I'm going to ask you to spin around. I'm going to ask you to spin around and give God the greatest praise you've ever given. One, God, you're King of kings and Lord of lords, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. One, two, three. Turn around and give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. If you need to head to Judah, let's head head to Bethlehem now. Let's head to Bethlehem. This altar's open. If anybody needs to come, come. If you need to come, come. Get to Bethlehem. Get to Bethlehem. You can't get there unless you go through Judah. But get to Bethlehem.